Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Kaiju Carnage. I'm your host, Cal the Kaiju Guy. So, alright guys, today I've got a, um, a fairly popular kaiju, which a lot of people probably don't really count him as a kaiju, but I mean, the definition of kaiju is strange beast, and it's really been more morphed into nowadays people thinking that kaiju just means giant monster. So, kaiju really covers a wide range of different types of monsters and things like that. So, a lot of people may not think of this creature as a kaiju. I certainly do, because of its size, because of just, you know, <laughs> the way he looks, the way he acts. Like, I just, I view... I view him as a kaiju, this particular one that I'm going to be talking about, not the character overall. But I'm going to be talking about the Cyclops from the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. <clears throat> this is a kaiju spotlight, so I'm not actually going to be talking about like the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad and jumping into the production and everything of it. I will probably do an episode on that in the future and jump more into, you know, more about the animation, and not only talk about the Cyclops, but also talk about the skeletons, and um, the dragon, and all of that. But just for today, I'm strictly just going to be talking about the Cyclops from the movie, and then I'll just give a few little fun facts about some of the other creatures that were in the film. First of all, I'm a big fan of this movie, and I did not grow up seeing it. A lot of these older movies that I've talked about so far, like, I watched whenever I was a kid, so I'm, I'm a big fan of them and everything, but th as far as this one is concerned, I had never seen it before prior to me starting this podcast, and I'm trying to expand... Uh, my movie knowledge and what movies I'm going to watch and what movies I'm going to do. And I had always heard of the Cyclops from this movie. I could recognize it from pictures or anything like that. I just knew, like I knew of the seventh voyage of Sinbad. I just never watched it. And then whenever I decided I was going to do a Kaiju spotlight on the Cyclops, I decided to go on ahead and uh, get the movie. So I purchased it on Voodoo. And I watched it. I was I was hooked from start to finish. Like it's it was it was a very good movie. I very much enjoyed it, and I, I definitely see myself rewatching it uh, from time to time here and there. And naturally, walking away from it, I can see why the Cyclops was absolutely the most popular thing to come from the movie because anytime the Cyclops was on screen, I was just, my eyes were just glued to the TV. So I'm a new fan of this movie <clears throat> and all right, let's uh, jump into it. First of all, this movie came out in 1958. The animation was done by a man by the name of Ray Harryhausen. I apologize if I mispronounced his last name. But anyone who's been listening to me for a pretty good while and listened to any of my past episodes, I have mentioned Ray before. I men mentioned him very extensively in the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms episode because he was the man who did the animation for that movie. And 
you all know the legacy that that movie has. And uh, a lot of it is directly because of how good his animation was and what he was able to accomplish with that movie. So he comes back for this one. And not really just for this one. To really jump into the creation of the Cyclops, I actually have to jump a year previous to this one and talk very briefly about another movie. In 1957, there was a film that Ray did the animation for, and it was called 20 Million Miles to Earth. There is a reptilian creature from Venus that is in that movie, and its name is Ymir. Y-M-I-R. And Ymir is never mentioned in the movie. Like, it's that's what he named it. That's what he wanted it to be named. You look at any kind of database or anything like that, and that's what its name was. But its name was never actually mentioned in the movie because he didn't want audiences to confuse the name with some other words that sounded very similar to it. So he just decided to not even mention the creature's name. But the name is Ymir. <clears throat> so it's a reptilian-type creature. But whenever he was first creating Ymir... He thought about using a Cyclops, like just making it, you know, instead of having it be this reptilian creature, he would use a Cyclops. It never really stated like what particular design for the Cyclops he would use, if it would be the same as the one he ended up using in the seventh voyage of Sinbad. But he did want to use a Cyclops, but then the more he got to thinking about it, it's like, man, this thing is supposed to be from Venus. I don't want it to look like a creature from mythology that's based here on earth let me go on ahead and just make something new so he made the very reptilian creature that we all know that came from that movie so a year later he decides to do this one for the seventh voyage of sinbad he needs he wants to come up with another creature and he decides to revisit his original cyclops idea and Pretty much to make it come full circle, he actually gets the model for Ymir and strips it down, pulls off all of the uh, like the plastic skin that was on it and everything, and now it's just the base skeleton that he had created for Ymir, and he used the skeleton to create the model for the Cyclops. So I thought that was pretty cool that it pretty much came full circle. He wanted to use the Cyclops, he decided not to created this reptilian-like creature, and then the next movie he works on, he used the same exact model that he used before and actually made the Cyclops out of that. So I just thought that was pretty cool. The design of the Cyclops that's in this movie is based on the Greek god of the wild shepherds and flocks, and that god is named Pan. If you're not very familiar with Greek mythology, I'm a big fan of Greek mythology, by the way, just throwing that out there. Any kind of mythology, honestly, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Greek mythology. Pan is a god that looks very similar to the Cyclops that we ended up getting in the movie. His hindquarters are pretty much goat legs. He has little itty-bitty horns on top of his head and all that. He doesn't have just one eye like a Cyclops does, but... Like, he looks 
other than just looking more monstrous and having all of the warts that's covering his skin and everything, Pan and this version of the Cyclops look very, very similar to one another. And he used Pan as the basis to create this version of the Cyclops. Um, <clears throat> as well as having all of the warts that's covering his skin, you can really see it whenever like it's a close-up shot of the Cyclops or if you see any... Um, images from uh, the comic books that Cyclops has been featured in or anything like that. He has a whole bunch of little warts that's just covering his arms, his back, and all of that. But other things about how he looks is the Cyclops that's pr in most of the movie has one single horn coming out of his head. Naturally, he has goat legs and he has cloven hooves. And he also has uh, three-digit hands. And everyone knows that, you know, there's there was two different Cyclops that appeared in this movie. I'll jump, I'll talk a little bit more about the second one here in a second. But that was b the basic description for um, the, uh, the one that was mostly in the film. All in all, whenever he was making this movie and he was doing the stop motion animation, which... His label of stop-motion animation is called Dynamation, and all that basically means is dynamic animation. It was just a, a style of stop-motion that he created, whereas, you know, with King Kong, in order to impose King Kong into the screen, a lot of times they would film a scene and then have a TV screen going on in the back, and then they would put the Kong model in front of it and the animation that they put for that, it would, you know, they would put it, uh, overlap it with the live action footage. The dynamation that Ray Harryhausen created, basically, it made it just look more realistic to where the stop motion could interact more with the live action stuff. It wasn't... It wasn't like, okay, let's film a scene of live action and then just superimpose the stop motion over that and just have the live action characters reacting to the stop motion. Instead, it was very much like you could definitely see like the stop motion was interacting with the live action characters more. And even though it's obvious everyone knew it was fake, there was nobody that watched this that thought the stop motion was real but it made it look and feel more real for the stop motion to interact with the live action the way that it did. <clears throat> and naturally, stop motion takes a very long time to shoot and to prepare and get it ready. I mean, you have this model that you have to move just slightly, little by little, and take a picture, move it a little more, take a picture, take it, a, move it a little more, take a picture, and just keep doing that, keep doing that. And whenever, <clears throat> pardon me, whenever you have a movie on this scale that has Cyclops and dragons and skeletons and things like that, like, it's going to take a while to to shoot all of that. And from start to finish, whenever Ray got started on it to the point that he was done, it took 11 months to complete all of the stop motion animation that was in the movie. And like, you think, you think you go to work and you've got some projects that's pretty long. Imagine going, uh, 
going into a studio and your sole job is to do stop motion animation and you do that every single day. You know, I'm sure he had days off here and there, but I mean, you just do it, you know, every single work day is all you're doing is creating the models, posing them, taking the pictures, trying to put the film together. And it takes you 11 months. That's almost a year, people. Like, that's like, man, I, you, he was definitely passionate about his job because I don't know if <laughs> that, that would have been, that would have been something for me. <clears throat> Pardon me again, y'all. <clears throat> but so everyone knows <clears throat> that the first Cyclops in the movie ends up dying by falling off of a cliff. So later on in the movie, towards the end, another Cyclops shows up. This Cyclops shows up right whenever Sinbad is trying to run out of the cave and he goes back in to release the dragon. Originally, the dragon was not going to be in the movie. Ray actually wanted to have a third Cyclops show up at some point and have them fight. But he, he felt that having three different Cyclops in the film was kind of just going to be overkill. Even though all throughout the film, they pretty much refer to that island as the island of the Cyclops. For some reason, he just didn't want to have three Cyclops. So he came up with the concept of the dragon and had it chained up <clears throat> and pretty much was just going to make it seem as if it was the pet of Sakura. And whenever it got released, it fights the Cyclops and then continues to chase Sinbad. Now, this second Cyclops... There was just one difference to distinguish it from the other Cyclops that was seen earlier in the movie, just to let audiences know that it was indeed an entirely separate Cyclops, and it wasn't the first one that just came back. It's very subtle. Chances are, if you're not really looking for it, you're not going to be able to see it. The second Cyclops that shows up has a second smaller horn on its head, like... I can't remember if it's in front or behind the other horn, but there, there's two horns on top of this Cyclops' head. So that's really the only way you can tell the difference between them. And whenever he changed it to the dragon, you know, he decided he was going to make the dragon and the Cyclops fight. And it's one of the more iconic scenes that was in the movie was seeing those two fight. It took Ray three weeks to film the stop motion animation for that fight and the fight lasts about all of two minutes. So that just lets you know how, how tedious he was with his stop motion animation and how long it takes to actually do stop motion. <clears throat> and pretty much that's, that's it for the appearances of the Cyclops in the movies themselves. Like, they don't really seem to have a language in this particular myth that's in the movie. Like, they really just yell, and they have one of the most annoying yells that's ever been featured in movie history, as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's one, of the, uh, one of the very few downfalls of the movie to me. I just hate listening to those guys scream and holler. But the, other than them yelling, they don't really seem to have any type of language for them to communicate with. They are cunning, and they're intelligent enough to use tools. We see them using weapons. We've obviously seen that they can build cages 
where they were putting uh, Sinbad and his men in the cages whenever they were captured. And they're intelligent enough to be able to make uh, a device to where they can cook their meals. And speaking of cooking their meals, it's obvious that they're also extremely cruel. The fact that they put one man on the device to cook and he was still alive and he was, the Cyclops was just very content with just sitting there and watch this guy get cooked alive. But naturally he didn't because Sinbad got loose and saved him. Now, obviously the Cyclops was the most iconic and popular thing about the seventh voyage of Sinbad. It's what everybody has walked away from talking about. It's what everyone remembers most about the movie. I mean, like I said, I had not even seen the movie prior to me starting this podcast, but I knew who and what the Cyclops was from the movie. So that's just, that's the Cyclops' legacy that's from this movie. But, uh, the Cyclops has made an appearance or two in some other media. Everyone, I'm sure, has seen the movie Ready Player One. If you haven't, watch it. It's pretty good. If you don't want to watch the movie, read the book. It's even better. But the Cyclops is actually in two different scenes in Ready Player One. The first time, he's just kind of walking around the Oasis with many of the other characters that are there. And then the second time he is seen is during the big final battle. And uh, he's one of the characters that's actually charging towards the enemy amongst the army of other fictional characters that are getting ready for the big fight. So the Cyclops has appeared in Ready Player One. And there was also a comic book that came out in 2015. It was a one-shot issue. It was called Wrath of the Titans, Eye of the Monster. And it's a comic book about the Cyclops, the first Cyclops from uh, the movie, and pretty much shows how he gets his hands on the lamp containing the genie, and it's really just like just a little prequel to the movie. I've never read it. It's uh, kind of hard to track down and find, but I'm sure I'll read it eventually. But <clears throat> that was uh, pretty much the Cyclops' other uh, appearance in another media. Now, what I'm fixing to say now has nothing to do with the Cyclops. It just goes... I'm just going to give you some fun facts about some of the other things that happened in this movie that led to other things that everyone knows and loves about some other films. Naturally, another popular thing about this movie was the duel that Sinbad has with a skeleton, and the skeleton was done with stop-motion animation. And everyone walked away talking about how awesome it was, because just the way the stop-motion melded with the live-action... It looked great back then. Obviously, it looks, you know, pretty cartoony today if you watch it. But back then, that was like state-of-the-art, and it was awesome. Ray enjoyed doing that scene so much. He decided he wanted to do more of that scene, in a way, for a future film. Some of you know where I'm going with this. The movie Jason and the Argonauts. The most iconic part of that movie is the massive fight at the end where uh, Jason and his friends go up against like a dozen different skeletons. Ray also did the stop motion for that, and all of that is because of the one duel that he did in this movie. 
the Cobra woman that makes an appearance earlier in the film whenever uh, Sakura is wanting to show off his magician skills and he turns one of the handmaidens into a Cobra woman hybrid. They actually used that model for uh, Medusa. That was going to be Ray's final film that he did, which was the original Clash of the Titans. So this movie, not just because of the Cyclops, this movie actually has a very big legacy in other iconic movies. If it wasn't for this one, you know, we wouldn't have gotten the, uh, the awesome scene from Jason and the Argonauts. And we wouldn't have gotten Medusa the way that she looked from uh, Clash of the Titans. So, alright guys, that pretty much does it for this episode. I know it was pretty short, but, you know, the Cyclops has only appeared in this one film. And he hasn't really been in any other types of media except for the ones that I mentioned. So, I knew this one was going to be short going in, but I still wanted to talk about the Cyclops just because of how iconic of a character he is and the legacy that he has behind him and the fact that this movie led to other big successful movies and pretty much really established Ray Harryhausen as a giant in the stop motion uh, world. So that does it for the Cyclops, guys. Time to announce what uh, my next episode will be. Next Saturday, I will be continuing the Early Years Saga, which is the saga of Godzilla films that I would watch whenever I was a kid that really helped me become a fan of Godzilla and all of that. And it's going to be... I know this is a popular movie, but it's a bad movie, y'all. It's, it's probably one of the best bad movies I've ever watched in my life. I love it from start to finish, but I'm aware of how terrible it is. And that is Godzilla vs. Megalon. Like, this one was a huge part of my childhood. Anyone that I've talked to that has also seen the movie are, is pretty much of the same mindset as me. They know it's bad. They know it's terrible. It was a very low point in Godzilla history. Toho was... They were very much on board the, this is strictly for children kind of thing and like just to give you a little tease of some of the things I'm going to talk about is that there's a reason Godzilla only has like a whopping 12 minutes of screen time in the movie because originally it was not even supposed to be a Godzilla movie he was shoehorned in at the last minute and that's all I'm going to say tune in next week for the remainder of the episode and I'll tell y'all all the details about everyone's favorite bad Godzilla movie so all right guys um, if you like what you hear, you know, go give me a like on Facebook. It's a uh, Kaiju Carnage, a Godzilla slash King Kong podcast has the same exact profile picture that's here on, uh, anchor. And <clears throat> if there's anything you want to see me do more of, if there's something you don't want to see me do at all, I'm very open to constructive criticism as always shoot me a message. Or if you guys just want to talk kaiju and talk different movies and all that, go ahead and shoot me a message about that as well. I enjoy talking to you guys, and I'm always down to have conversations with you guys about it. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. This is Cal the Kaiju Guy, signing out.